and welcome everybody to the Southern Michigan Paranormals Paranormal Show, SMP as uh, for short. And I am Dan Horroyd, your host of the Southern Michigan Paranormals. With me tonight, my co-host, Jen G. Hey, Jen. Hello. Hello. And, hello. and we've got a great guest on uh, with us tonight, and I'm going to let him tell all of you all about himself here hello. shortly. We've got Robert Riggie uh, with us, and um, I am, I'm amazed already. I, I went and looked at his Facebook information and, uh, I want to throw out a thank you to Robert before we bring him on, uh, because, uh, he reached out to me and I looked at his information and I loved it. So I, I cannot wait to hear, uh, from this gentleman. Uh, I want to remind everybody that you're listening to us exclusively, of course, on unrestricted radio and do yourselves a favor, tell your friends about it, have them do themselves a favor, and go to unrestrictedradio.com and download the app. It is free, 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 F-R-E-E, <laughs> free. And you can listen to all sorts of music and bands that other networks and shows and radio stations locally will not play or don't play. Um, and we have a bevy, a literal plethora, if you will, of podcast shows and and uh, music that goes out over that network, as well as my network, uh, which is the Michigan 69 pod. I got to start over because I always get confused because there is a joke in here, but it's the Michigan 69 podcast.com. And yes, the six nine is meant That's to wild. be funny. <laughs> There's, it's a whole nother story, Robert. Um, but uh, uh, and so if you go to our page, folks, you'll see the player right there. Once you scroll down past, past wow, I have not been drinking past mm. my handsome face and Robert's ha handsome face, Robert Penny, oh. that is. And Robert is also a handsome gentleman. Uh, but uh, you will see uh, all the shows. You can listen to them at your convenience. Uh, two of our sponsors before we get started, which is uh Big, <laughs> now I almost said Big B. That's that's a big faux pas. Gun Barrel Coffee, gunbarrelcoffee.com, and of course Henderson Castle at hendersoncastle.com. Uh, and they are great supporters of the program. But uh, Robert, welcome to the show. Thanks for listening to me stutter and, and slide in and out on this intro. But uh, thanks for being here. Thank you so very much. Hi, Jennifer, and Hello. everyone who is listening. Hi. Thank you so very much for having me on. Um, I was just scrolling around and all at once I saw you and I thought, well, why don't I just reach out to Dan and um, to see if there's any possibility that I could be on air with him. And he said, yes. And so now I am. And I appreciate, I appreciate that so very, very much because all of us need, all of us have a story to tell of one's life. And my life within the paranormal started when I was four years old. And that was my first apparition. And I will be 67 in November. And uh, so I have a lot of experience within the paranormal field, as well as I also have a master's degree in forensic psychology and wow. social work from the University of Florida. I was a criminal profiler for the state wow. of Florida for 30 plus years. And being a psychic medium and having that psychological experience and education, it works well together. It really, really does. Because in my experience, everyone who has had a paranormal experience, there will also be an emotional part, something going on in their lives, a traumatic life change. It could be a divorce, a suicide, 
it, it could be all sorts of things. And I do a lot of seminars around the country. I do a lot of events, public and private. I must also say that I don't charge for anything that I do because my gifts and talents are from God. If somebody wants to donate to me, God bless them. Okay. And, and if so someone is, wanted to donate to you, how would they go about doing that? Um, I'm not on PayPal because I have no idea what a PayPal is. I've never had a PayPal in my life. Um, I've never had a pal. No, I'm just joking. But anyhow, <laughs> I, right. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, amen. But um, anyhow, um, but I always give my telephone number out. People have it. For, I get calls from all over the country, all over Canada and from the United Kingdom. And my Facebook page, uh, please. And then I'll give my number out. But if someone needs assistance, I am here. There's so many things I do within the field. And I also give my address out. So if someone wants to send me something, that's fine. And if they don't, if they can say a prayer for me, that is worth a million dollars in gold for me. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll definitely say a prayer for you tonight, my Absolutely. friend. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. So, so let's go back. I was four years old, mm -hmm. and I am from. Let's okay. I'm from Peoria, Illinois. Born and raised there. And as they say, if it plays in Peoria, it plays anywhere. And my first apparition when I was four. Of course, who do you think I saw? The famous person of Illinois is who? Abraham uh, Lincoln. Oh, okay. I, was, I, I almost said Mayor Daly. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not from Chicago. Peoria is 150 right. miles south. Right, of, right. Of Chicago. But I saw Abraham Lincoln, and he was smiling at me. And the connection that I felt, even at four years old, I was not scared. It was just very, very, I saw him about three o'clock in the morning. And back then, I had no idea what the three o'clock hour meant. Okay. Right. And um, and he just he just smiled at me. My name is Robert Abraham. He also had a son named Robert. So there's that connection, okay? Mm -hmm. And I felt very comfortable. I wasn't scared. And then I fell back to sleep. And then the next day, I told my mother. My mother is Spanish, and my father being Italian. And and so then she took me to my Italian grandmother and said, he is seeing things. And she oh took me to a white witch, as we would oh. say, a white witch. And so before I went to this woman, she was probably 150 when I saw her. And, oh. um, <laughs> and um, she took my hand and hugged me. And she said, you are gifted. And she said that in Italiano. And I really didn't understand that. So my Italian Nona, my grandmother, had to tell me what she was saying to me, that I was quite gifted in the spirit realm and that I needed to use my gifts and talents wisely. And so I have. And so over all these years, um, one has to realize that during the 60s, that two things I had to keep quiet one of them is that I did see spirits because I could have been taken to a psychiatric hospital, to a state hospital. Right, right. Also, that I must also tell everyone that I'm gay. I'm very, you know, I'm gay. I'm very open about being gay. Mm -hmm. um, also, that I'm Roman Catholic, and so my spirituality is within my Roman Catholicism. I don't try to convert anyone to any religion, but for me, that is my foundation. Okay? Right, so, right. Without that out of the way of being Catholic and being gay 
and being psychic medium and, and, you know, and, you know, having my degree and such that during that time, uh, one had to be very, very careful. So the family knew that I had these gifts and talents, mm -hmm. but it was not talked about very much. Right. Okay. And then later on in the seventies, when I came out of the closet, as they say, you had to be very quiet too, because at that time, people were taken away to state hospitals. They were taken away to jails. They, uh, people who uh, were gay, are gay, uh, they were deemed a deviant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, deviant, even without doing anything. Correct. And, and a person could be taken away. They could have been chemically castrated and all sorts of things. It was horrible. Um, and praise God, in 1973, that's the psychiatric community that now I belong to voted. And uh, so by one vote, it passed that homosexuality was not a deviant disorder. Correct. Like Correct. So, but anyhow. And I, and, I, and I agree with that. It's not. You love no. what you want to love. Amen. You know, God does not make junk. No, nope, he am, doesn't. You know, go ahead. No, he doesn't make junk. Uh, maybe some crazies. I mean, you know, I'm one of them. Well, that's well, that, no, well, well, me too. But um, anyhow, I am. Um, but anyhow, I want people to feel comfortable with me. So I tell everyone that I'm gay and that I'm Catholic and, and because I, that's very important to me to let them know because I want people to feel very comfortable with me because I am there to help them. I also believe, Danny and Jennifer, that I believe that God puts us where we need to be at any given time. And yeah. That, yeah. that I was supposed to meet you. Now I met Jennifer. This was supposed to happen tonight. You know, in, in God's great providence, this was supposed to happen. He already knew that it was going to happen before I was born. You know what I, you know what I mean? So everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I don't yeah. believe in, I don't believe in chance. I don't believe in luck per se, but everything happens for a reason. Right. And, right. Anyhow, and so then I, that was my first experience. And as a child, as a child, I didn't know how to use it. I know that I went to mass. I would see angels, and I felt very comfortable. But all these things I kept to myself. Now, when all you, I, I have to ask when, because I've asked other folks who have that vision, you know, with angels, right. what what do they look like to you? Can you describe what angels look like to you when you saw them? Some of it is this is a psychically psychic part of me. Also, is that I would see it in my mind. I would see them in my mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sometimes I did see them, uh, vis I, could, I could actually see them, and they were very, uh, because I'm Catholic, and so you would see the angels that you saw in paintings, okay? I got you. yeah, what, what you can identify. What, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and so I saw them with wings, no wings. Some were just brilliantly gold in their clothing. Others were just regular people. You know, and that kind of surprised me because being Catholic, we are taught by the nuns that all these are celestial and they're heaven. There's, there's, there's right. seraphim, cherubim, and there's different, you know, different levels of angels and stuff. And so that opened a new world to me also. Mm -hmm. And let's go back, let's go back for a moment, being a child of the paranormal. And that instilled in me later on to mentor 
many children and who I will call children of the paranormal. And I've done several shows with that. And that these parents have reached out to me because they've heard me on different radio programs and podcasts. And I've received many, many calls. And so I'm a mentor to 16 children of the paranormal. Their parents were going to send them to psychiatric hospitals. They were going to, they were going to put, them, um, put them on medication and such. And I and they contacted me. I went to see them. And being the psychologist, I knew what to ask and not ask and those types of things, right? Right, right. And none of these children are psychiatrically sick. None of them. I asked them to do certain things. Like this one, this, uh, I can say her first name, Brianna. She could move things. She just, she, she just had to just close her eyes and open her mind. She could move car keys on a table. She I could flip. Wow. She could. She could live. She could. She could turn on lights and turn them off and stuff like that. I can change traffic lights. Oh well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But um, and so with these children, I help them. I a lot of these children were suffering in school. Mm-hmm. They didn't know who to go to. You know, one of one thing that happens with children of the paranormal, which breaks my heart, is that a lot of them commit suicide. Yep. Yep. Because their parents don't believe them. The, the kids at school, they don't know who to go to. And I always tell the parents that that validate what your children are experiencing. It's not that you have to agree with them but validate what they're seeing because it is their experience and not theirs. Yeah. That's a good, good advice. And by pushing them away, you are, they want to trust you. Parents need to be trusted, right? Well, Mm -hmm. when a child, when a child is pushed away long enough, then they start internalizing so many things. And then that leads to a lot of emotional problems and suicide. And so, I, and so these parents, and, and so we meet, but during COVID, we didn't meet so much, uh, so many times, but, pre, but prior to that, we would meet a lot during the summertime. I would take them to different places. We would have group activities and such like that. And the kids got to see other kids who had the same, some of the same gifts and talents because we all have different gifts and talents okay to one extreme to the other and so these children a lot of them were overweight because they ate uh for you know they ate out of comfort they wanted to be comforted they didn't mm-hmm. know what else to do. and just like i've said before that it's not what you're eating it's what's eating you yeah, and so, very true. so we take, so we take food and comfort and those types of things a lot of the kids were getting horrible grades in school um, because what was happening, they were looking out the window and they saw all these spirits. They did not know how to turn it on and off. And so for the past six years, working with these children, I have taught them how to turn it on and turn it off. And now these children who now uh, some of them are uh, teenagers, they're doing wonderfully. They are. Great. Great. And, um, and so again, everything happens for a reason. They need they needed to hear me on the radio, and they did. They reached out to me, and um, but anyhow, I so that's some of the things that that's one of the things that I do within the paranormal field, which is very close to my heart. It really is. Um, 
there are a lot of things. But when it comes to the angels, I still see angels. I also volunteer at a hospice in Peoria mm-hmm. that ministers to children um, that are that are that are dying. Wow, that's gotta be an emo- that's gotta be an emotional roller coaster. I couldn't imagine. And imagine their parents even worse. And yeah. so usually yeah. I'm called in 12, 24 hours in, you know, before God calls them home. Mm-hmm. And the hospice nurses know what I do. The parents are told what I do. And and more times than not, they agreed, of course. And But I'm just not there for the child. I am there for the parent also. By the time I get called in, the, the parent is emotionally and physically, spiritually drained because they're seeing their child decline and wither away in front of them, you know? Yeah. And so they need support also. Yeah. And, so, and so a lot of times I will sing to the child. Um, it's not that I'm a great opera singer or singer at all because I'm not. Uh, sometimes I color with a child. I ask them. I ask them w- what they want to do, and sometimes they just want to be held. And it's not like their parents don't hold them, mm-hmm. but their parents, a child can react. Even if the parent doesn't say anything, they can feel the tension. Okay, yeah, right. And and a lot of children are very upset with that because they're, they're not understanding what is going on with their families, you know, with their parents because they're so young. Right. And so I always ask their parent, can I hold your child? Can I sing to them? And such like, and they're more than, they're more than happy. You know, they, they, they allow me to do the parent is always in the room with me or at least an earshot. Okay. A lot of the times the parents will go have a cup of coffee. They will spend some time alone with each other, which is needed. And children will ask me sometimes, do you see angels or, or do you see that angel in the corner? Sometimes I do. And what's, what is most remarkable, my friends, is that sometimes when the parents are in the room, the parents also experience the angel they will see a wow. bright light they will see a bright light flash and those types of things and i always tell the child and parent also is that i am here to walk with you part of the way to heaven but i said this angel that is coming closer to you this this beautiful angel who is your friend who has been with you before you were born is going to escort going to walk with you into heaven. I can only go up here. I can only go a short time. I go a short way with you, but this angel coming is going to take you all the way to heaven. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the child's breathing and respiratory will, uh, is um, breathing her, her, he or she breathing will start changing. And then I tell the parent, this is a time for you to get into bed, please, and hold your t- child and talk to your child. Because in, in, in just in a very, very short period of time that your child will be in heaven. And so then I always stand behind the child. I always pet the child's head and have the parents kiss on the child, love on the child, talk to this child. Because God forbid, God forbid if you don't. And I tell the parents that if you don't speak to your child now, that's a guilt that you will have later on. It's just oh, yeah. remarkable. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, 
But anyhow, and so I, you know, so I do that and we can go into other things. I mean, I can go into later on about several cases with Luke and Gracie and, sure. um, and how they went to heaven. So maybe we can do another show on that. And uh, Oh yeah. I mean, we, we always tell when we, people, when we have guests on Robert that we, sometimes we like to do part one, part two, part three, because we know we can never work everything into, you know, the one, the one show, but Right. Wow, what you, what you just described is is pretty amazing and beautiful. I have a couple of friends who do hospice work, not on your level, of course. You're you're at a completely different level, but you know they're there to do the same thing: try to offer some comfort and some solace, you know, to both the the family and and the child or or the adult, you know. But the you're children, the child, the children reaches out to me specifically because, as I said, I it's a tough thing, but you know. I guess I have to ask, do you, do you think there was a reason that you were given this gift? Do you think it was something that's handed down through your family or were, do you believe that you were chosen, that you were picked out and chosen for this? Well, you know, being Italian and Spanish, spirituality, not religion per se, but spirituality has always, right. you know, it lives in my culture, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so I truly believed, but none of my other cousins have ever come come out. Well, some of them come out of the closet, but I'm just, but paranormal, <laughs> right? Yeah, that they um, uh, that they uh, have not talked about it, mm -hmm. and so I and I have not when I when I and I have seventy two first cousins, Italian and Spanish cousins. Wow. And that's a lot. So I know their kids and their kids, you know what I mean? But anyhow, I don't know of any others that have the oh. talent that I have. Yeah, yeah. I've asked a, a few other folks in the past, too, and kind of differently, but described to the same stop sign, just what you said. Like, nobody else seemed to have anything in the family, and I, I just seemed to have this, just been given this gift. And, right. um, and, and it took them a while to struggle with that gift. I mean, you know, like I said, or as you said early on, you know, things were happening um, and you, you talked very quickly about some of the struggles, you know, of course, uh, going through this. I mean, yourself, without all the other stuff coming into play, did you find a moment for yourself too, where you were just asking God, like, what do you want me to really do with this? I mean, what, why the gift and what's the direction? Or did you just kind of know? I knew, and let me tell you the backstory to this. I was adopted. Okay. Okay. And the people who, my aunt and uncle adopted me, okay? They had a baby girl. Her name was Mary Angelina. She was born July 21st, 1954. Okay. She lived only four hours. Oh, no. And God called her home. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why God called her home. I was born on November 21st of 1954. I was born into a family who were very abusive, mm -hmm. even to, because I'm a product of a tryst. This is the first time that I have aired this. But I think it's very important for, for people to understand about my talents and gifts from God and where they probably, which I believe where they have come from. Mm -hmm. And so Mary Angeline, God said to her, you have a choice. You can live 
or you can come home. And this little baby, Mary Angelino, who is one of my angels who helps me. I have two angels and she's one of them. Wow. And, and, so, and she decided to go home to heaven. And the reason why she did, because she knew, God knew, that I was going to be born November 21st, months later, and that I would need a home to go to. Because if wow. she went to heaven, I would have never been adopted by these most wonderful people. And I'm sorry for... No, it's, it's okay. Very, it's very emotional. No, to no, no it's but, okay, Robert. That's why you're here, you know? It, it's a, it's a, an outlet, too, and you're safe and secure with our audience and our friends. You, you know that. And, and that's, that's wonderful. That's an incredible an incredible thing to come to. Like I said, I, I, I can't be one of those people to tell you I can only imagine because I can't, (laughs) you know, that's a, that's your personal experience, but it is. is. And everyone has their own experience, you know? Right. And then I was taken, um, I, my, my Italian aunts came out to where I was at. And when they saw me, I was in a very soggy diaper. It was in November. The window was cracked. (laughs) Right. I was turning blue. I had the death oh, rattle. Geez. And so they said to, I don't, she's not even my mother. So I'm not even going to mention her name. But anyhow, she said, they said to her, can we take him to my Italian Nona? And they said, yeah, take him. I don't want him. Take him. Take him out of here. And so um, they did. They took him to my, they took me to my Italian Nona. And they, and she said, I can't do anything for him. Take him to the nun." take him to St. Francis Medical Center. And um, so they did. And back then, most people, you know, people have pneumonia now and they have, you know, they have different medications and such. But right. in 1950s, for a oh, child, no. it was it was a death sentence. Yeah. It really was. And um, anyhow, they had those big oxygen tents, which they don't use anymore at all, you know. And so I was put in one of those. I wasn't doing well. Still had the death rattle. I couldn't breathe. The doctor went to my Italian aunt and my Inona. My Italian grandmother said, he needs a trach. We need to cut his throat for a trach. And she said, no, nobody's going to cut a child. Right. right. So she called one of the nuns in and the nun baptized me. Now, I did not know this till later on of what she said to God. And she said, she told God, and she said, and, and I have this written down, and because, you know, because I have all the reports from the hospital of what happened to me, and it's right in there in the documentation, that my grandmother dedicated my life in the service of others. Oh, wow. If I, if I live. And, um, and so the next day, 24 hours later, the trach wasn't done. But 24 hours later, I was much better. And that was a sign from God that I, that I later on in life, that I would become a psychologist and social worker. Yeah. And, and also the gifts and talents that he blessed me. I truly believe that he blessed me way beyond that, you know, but I truly believe. He does. And, and I think that a lot of people have to come to that uh, message on their own, the reckoning on their own. I mean, there's many of us, with gifts and things that happen. I know Jen's talked openly about hers. I've talked about mine. Uh, I mm-hmm. would say the same thing. I think there's been difficulties and tragedies in our stories that we, you know, we seem to find a way to overcome. We're kind of lost for that little bit because maybe that's part of the 
that's part of the growth curve. You know, that's part of the lessons to be learned uh, to mm -hmm. see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think it, and generally, it makes us who we are in the end. But to mm -hmm. have that message that, you know, to give your, your life and service to help others, uh, that's the message I felt I received when I finally asked, what do you want me to do with some mm -hmm. of this stuff I have? And I heard a voice uh, come to me, Robert, and it was very loving and very soft. And uh, I felt radiated. I thought a light came in the window, like right out of a Hollywood movie, uh, right. sitting in my studio. And I heard a voice say, go forward, bear witness and help others. So when I get the opportunity to do that in whatever I'm doing in life, um, I do. And that's why I love your message so much. Uh, I wish more people could get that through their heads. Uh, even people that have gifts, some of them, unfortunately, they get lost. You know, they get lost right. in the fame. They get lost in different things. Right. But yeah. I just want I just want to share that and tell you God bless you for that. Because like I, I said, it sounds already like you're doing beautiful work and for, um, certain, for certain, keep on doing it. But uh, man, again, the emotional side of this, Robert. How do you, how do you put all this in perspective? And where do you, where do you shelf? You can't see me. I'm using my hands right now. You know, I talk uh, a lot. Talk a lot with my hands. Um, like you're Italian. Then, so I, I, you're I do. I, I've got some of that in in my blood. As a matter yeah. of fact. Um, yeah. But it's like you know, how do you shelve this in certain areas? To, you know, am I making sense? to yeah. deal with each thing on in, in individual levels. How do you, how do you do that? What's your secret? It's not a secret that one knows what we need to do to take care of ourselves. And I learned early on how to separate myself from the bad, the ugly and the ugliest. Yeah. And, you know, in my life and also, you know, becoming a, you know, and going to school to become a criminal profiler. I have seen the best of humanity, but I have seen the worst of the worst of humanity. Also. Oh, I can. Well, now that I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. When you get a call at two o'clock in the morning. And again, I graduated from University of Florida in 1980. I took some extra two years of extra medical courses because I wanted I wanted more knowledge. And which came in great. In 1982, there was not there was no testing for DNA. We knew of DNA, but there was no test for it. Okay, it wasn't until like 82 that that was shabby at best. 83, it got a little better. 84, then it continued. It got, and now it's now it's so specific. And um, but so in the very very beginning, it was difficult. Uh, because DNA testing really wasn't there. But my point being is that I learned to separate myself. Like I said, I get a call at two o'clock in the morning. This is a true case story. True. And um, I got a call at two o'clock in the morning and I was called to this dumpster. I didn't know if I was looking at a baby or a rag doll. Oh, geez. And that's not the only thing. Or being called to a case to see that um, a woman has been mutilated. Her chest has been tore open. Her neck has been slit um, and different things. Uh, and to see that. So I learned to separate myself. And that is difficult to do, but one has to learn it because if not, that's why a lot of people who are criminal profilers don't last very long because they don't know how to separate themselves and also that I have learned how to take care of myself. 
you know, and uh, that took me a while to do that. And that being a criminal profiler, helping a lot of people because people don't understand becoming, you know, being a criminal profiler that you become the victim. We, you know, so we have to know where the victim ate, the friends yeah. of the victim, the church, the school, everything about the victim because we become the victim. We yeah. become it or him. We are the advocate of the person who has been murdered. And more times than not, it's going to be a friend, acquaintance, family member, and stuff like that. It's very seldom. It's very seldom that it is from a serial killer or mass killer and things like that. It's usually someone that they know. Yeah, okay? correct. Correct. You know? and, and not really working in the police field uh, you know, a long time for me, I ended up going into this corporate security, actually. And that was my career, corporate private security for 17 years. Took uh-huh. a break, took a break here and there. But just to go along with what you're saying is that I met a lot of police officers. I still know quite a few, have them in the family. And, you know, just as you were indicating, uh, people may not understand, you know, why some of them uh, struggle the way they do too, because they're seeing the things that you're see that you think that you've seen, Robert, and they, they're mm-hmm. seeing things that other people shouldn't see, and they have to take that home. You know, uh, I remember right. going through uh, my schooling when I thought I was going to be a, a you know a regular police officer, and we had to watch films, you know, for traffic accidents and stops, and these are very graphic, you know, on the scene films oh, of yeah. the day. And, uh, you know, you know, you don't forget seeing this stuff and talking to friends. And like you said, you know, you've got to be, you got to find a way to separate and you got to find a, a place to put it, um, to right. strive forward. Now we're going to take our first break here. Uh, Robert, please stay with us. Jen, stay with us. You've been quiet over there, uh, because he's been riveting these, I mean, very emotional, everybody. And, and I love that because I, I love when people come on here and bear their souls. I respect that to no end. And, uh, uh, I know all of you do too. You're listening to the SMP Paranormal Show. Uh, not always just paranormal, but we talk about a lot of crazy things on here. Uh, let's thank our sponsors, Henderson Castle, hendersoncastle.com. It's an 1895 bed and breakfast here in Kalamazoo, Michigan, folks. Yours truly, you can come there once a month and I can give you a historic ghost tour. You get a dinner. Uh, a paranormal lecture from yours truly here and uh, I'll take you around the house. And then we, we go across the street and you get to meet Frank and Mary Henderson at their family plot. Um, also gun barrel coffee. You've had the rest drink the best gun barrel coffee out of Batavia, Illinois. Uh, my good oh. friends, uh, Mike uh, and uh, not Mike, but uh, uh, sale and Brian up there. Uh, they are veterans and it's veteran owned. They roast their own coffee. I've ha- I get this coffee. I love this coffee. I drink gun barrel in the morning. I drink gun barrel at night uh, when I go do my security gig. And I will tell you that I tried the new battleship uh, brand. Wow. Uh, it's Navy coffee. Like I remember it will take the shellac off your house, but it is amazing. <laughs> I, li- I, lo- I love it. It's, it's great coffee. Um, so we're going to be back for more folks, everybody, uh, right after this. Yes, it's a hard feel of Lord, feel my heart with pain. It's a hard feel of 
heart with pain Now, don't you hear me people? This morning, I looked up at the sun. I thought about my baby. Lord, what my baby done done? It's a hard feel as well. Lord, it fills my heart with pain. Went to the corner to the paper stand. You know I caught my baby making love with another man. But it's a hard pill to Lord, it fills my heart with pain.
was deep in prison. You know I was serving my time. When I got back home, I heard a baby cry. It's a hard pill to swallow. No lying man Take a stand. Take a stand. Take a stand. Like my brother did. When he wouldn't take no for an answer. Like my wife did. When she asked the right questions. Like my friend did when she made the call. You stood by us when we were in uniform, so stand by us now. Take a stand for those who served our country. If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, the Confidential Veterans Crisis Line is here for you. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at veteranscrisisline.net or text 838-255. <laughs> Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Well, I've been afraid of Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. This is the Big Dog, and you're listening to Unrestricted Radio. Do yourself a favor and download the unrestricted radio app. Tell them the big dog sent you.
are back. We went absolutely nowhere. I tell you, on every one of these podcasts, we sit here looking at each other. If not, we can't see Robert at the moment, but that's okay. We hear his lovely voice, and he's got a great voice. Uh, Robert, I, you should be doing regular radio. You, you've got an excellent voice. Thank you. And, and just intense stuff that uh, Robert has shared with us, uh, you know, about the profiling, and I want to talk more about that, too, because uh, he touched on on something uh, that, you know, I have said for years when, when we handled investigations, you know, it, we handled crimes. We never really had a murder, you know, uh, where I worked, but I, there had been deaths and some things that I'd seen and I had to be part of. But, you know, that, invis- that investigation part of me is still there. It's still honed. And mm-hmm. as Robert had said, it, you'd be surprised at how often with, you know, murder and other crimes, it's usually somebody you know. Uh, yes. everybody, everybody has this great Hollywood idea, right, Robert? An expectation that's like, well, it's a serial killer, like you said, or, you know, yeah. something extravagant. And it's yeah. usually just people you know. And then you get more upset because <laughs> it's yeah, somebody that you know. Yeah. Right, right. And so very much so. It's, you know, more times than not, it is going to be some acquaintance, somebody that you work with, somebody who knows somebody who knows you. Um, it could be somebody that you met in a bar, it could be somebody that you met in a grocery store, gas station, you name it, it could be anywhere. Yep. And, and, you know, and when you have those cases and when you go to the families, now the psychic and medium part of me helped me. I could not bring my psychic and mediumship ability into the courtroom. I would have been laughed out. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, right. Okay. And but my supervisor knew, which I had more education than my supervisor did. I had a ma- I had two master's degrees. He had um, a bachelor's degree in criminology. <laughs> but right. I, when, I, when, I, when I first got the job, he handed me a yellow pad, and here he said, "Here, you like to play the ball." Crazy. Even to this day, there are several, I probably half a book that describes what we need to do and when we do it and how that we do that. And so, but I relied also, like I said, on the, in the psychic part of me, medium part of me also. And that helped me greatly. It helped me. The police did their thing. We were not policemen at that time. We never carried any guns. It was not like what you see today. Totally different. Yeah, it, it totally different. Uh, we did well. We did. We were like Miami Vice without the guns. Of course, it was a pastel shirt and the khaki pants and the, <laughs> right, the whole outfit. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, yeah, the whole outfit. That is correct. But we were not policemen. They had their job to do. They had their own detectives. Right. And right. we did our job along with and the forensic part of it. Now, let me explain my forensic. A lot of people don't understand that word. That word, all it means is that medical technology brought into the courtroom. Right. Okay. So when people oh, that thing, they'll say, wow, oh, college. They think it means much more than what it does. Okay. Um, but um, anyhow, so the talents, gifts and talents that God had so blessed me with that helped me with the families. It helped me get in tune with the families on that emotional level. 
So we would talk about things, and I took my time. Now criminal filers will go in there, and they will talk to the family maybe a couple hours in the beginning, and that's it. I spent hours and hours with these folks. I was there to console them. I was there because I needed to know the family dynamic. Right. I needed to know what was going on within the family. And how do you do that? You become part of their family. You visit with them. You do all sorts of things with them. You know, you, you become part of the That's nice music. Do you hear that? Did you hear that music? Yes. <laughs> Where was that music from? I don't know. I don't have any music playing here. It's from my phone. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It sounded like something from Deliverance. Uh, you know. <laughs> but anyhow. But anyhow, so then. But so I got to know these families. And by getting to know these families, the family put their trust in us. And I would go to church with them at times because I wanted, again, I needed to find out the family dynamics. I needed to know who their daughter or son were, what made them tick, and those types of things. So I spent a lot of time with them. They had my telephone number. They could call me 24-7 if they had any questions or had more information. So I became part of the family. And there's nothing better than going back to a family not within 20, well, not within eight hours, maybe two weeks, three weeks, a month or so, and going to them and say, we know who did it. Somebody's been arrested, you know, and it's not, it's only by the grace of God that I have the gifts and talents to help them. And just not me. There's many, many people that I worked with. You know, there were like five other people at that time. Um, you know, they did beautiful work also. And they learned from me to take time with the families, to get to know the and that type of thing. So that was that was my life within being a criminal profiler. I also had my private practice also. <clears throat> I also was doing some things in the paranormal field also. So my plate was full knew what I needed to do for myself. I knew that I had to take time for myself. I knew spirituality, not religion, but, you know, about my own spirituality. I relied on my angels, Mary Angelina, the little girl who gave her her life so I would be adopted and live. She's with me 24 seven. The other angel, the other angel is Archangel Raphael. And that's another story sometime also of why he is my guardian angel. And, but they help me greatly. And what they do to help me is another story, another time. But I'm very, very blessed. I really am. It's not that I'm an angel. No, because I fall short of the glory of God every day of my life. I am not this super person who can do all things because I can't. Right. You know? Right. I'm limited, you know, and if something is way above what I know how to do when it comes to the paranormal field and even and also in psychology is that I will refer them to someone who knows I'm not going to I'm not going to get feed them a bunch of bull. You know what I mean? I'm not going right. to waste their 
Right. I'm not going to waste their time. Uh, usually, usually, Dan and Jennifer, that people will reach out to me at their very wits end. They've had other groups in there and the groups wanted to evidence. And yeah. I, I understand that. But my paranormal brothers and sisters, please, when you go into a residential setting, please be respectful of the family that is going through this. Please validate what they are telling you. It is their experience and not yours. Amen. Okay. Amen. Takes it takes the time. It's like an onion. Peel that onion back and find the core of the situation. And by finding the core of the situation, you will understand the paranormal experience. Then that exactly, they exactly. I teach it in a different way, but that's a that's a darn good analogy, Robert. It really is. Um, and you know we're the same way too. And show respect for those on the other side too, folks. Okay, because I preach that constantly to groups and new groups and there's groups have been out there forever and a day. They just go in, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say something here may tick some folks off. You know, they go in there like the ghost adventures crew and they're screaming and yelling and calling things out. And then they get all upset and scared. Things happen. That's not, this is not what we do in the paranormal. We don't do rituals. We're not out there doing crazy things. You know, those, those of us working in the trenches and working alongside good people like Robert, because uh, I, I know some some folks have some of the gifts that, that Robert has. Um, and it took me a long time, Robert, too. Maybe you can speak on this quickly, you know, to to weed myself through some of these people. I became friends with a lot of people who profess to have a lot of different things right. and then come to find out they weren't as forthright. And, and you know what I mean? And it actually right. just turned out to be kind of, again, folks, you know, we know it's an adult show. I'm going to use some adult language. They just turned out to be shit people. And I wasn't really, that hurt more right. than anything because it was almost like a, a betrayal, a betrayal of trust and, and faith. But it, uh, is, it and, is, it is betrayal. And you have the people that you go into residential setting, they have to have trust in you and vice versa. If someone goes in gangbusters with all this equipment and not stopping to talk to the family, then they have lost everything. Right. You know, you know, and, um, and so, I mean, and thank God for skeptics. I love skeptics, you know, and I, you know, and, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. And Uh I, and I may agree, but we, I, I agree to disagree respectfully, you know, and it, it is their experience. If they're skeptical, God bless them, you know, because they really keep people who are in the paranormal field on our toes. They really do. And they need to. And they, they need, need to. to. Correct. Correct. We got to have that balance. You are you are right. And that's the skeptics that are folks, um, you know, again, you've heard me many times. I'm going to say it again. Uh, Jen knows how I feel about that. That's the true skeptics, you know, not the pseudo skeptics. You got skeptics right. out there that just their, their mindset is I'm not going to, God could come down right now and punch them in the face and they're going to, they're going to explain it away. True skeptics. Right. Cause I'm still truthfully skeptic about a lot of things and I'm, I'm a believer, but I'm still skeptical mm-hmm. because I've got to have things happen to me in order to radiate some sort of, you know, uh, feedback to you or anybody else uh, about right. the experience or to start looking into it any deeper. So mm-hmm. I'm with you and you're right. I'm glad that there are some people, even in peer pressure groups who do it in a good way, a very constructive way, 
um, that keep us on our toes. So I want to say thank you for that, Robert. God bless you for that too, because it needs to be said more. It really does. You know, very much so. You know, and and again, when we go in there, we must validate what the people are experiencing is their experience, not Correct. us. Correct. It's not it's theirs. And we must do that because a lot of people I've seen on I don't watch the I don't watch like presenters and all that stuff anymore. I used to, but it's 99.9 theatrics. Mm-hmm. It bothers me when people go in yelling and screaming. I have been to some of those places where they have been, and that and some of those places are no no more have spirit than whatever. You know what I mean? And a lot of it is just, you know, because every time you watch these shows, they always experience something. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's right. a lot of times. I mean, and, and granted, there are millions, zillions of spirits that go by it constantly. That is and, correct, folks, because the dead outnumber the living. Just plain amen. science and facts, man. Amen. Yeah. And it's true. Some of them want our attention, so they'll knock in their tick and they'll do all sorts of things, right? Yep. But to experience them is seldom. It yep. really is. So yep. all these shows, if you ever notice these shows, it's like every show, they get something. What's no, that? Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm just like, oh my God, I can't. You know, I don't have time to watch that. <laughs> Robert, that's, that, that is how, that's how I met Jen. And Jen, I was wondering how long it was going to take you. <laughs> take me to queue in on that. Yeah, that's how I met Jen. And unfortunately, she was hooked up with this group of people. We don't, we won't go into the whole story, but you know, it's serendipity. Uh, you know, there were there was powers above that were I think that were acting and directed me to her, and she came in the room. I, I pointed her out, and like you said, she she unfortunately experienced that. I have many times. I've invited groups in, Robert. Maybe this has happened to you. You maybe a group has seemed okay, and then you've gone out to work with them or help them, and then you know the circus ensues, and you're just you're watching all this stuff go on, and you're like, how do I tell them in a nice way that you guys are, you want to believe so much so badly that you're just kind of making things up, you know? And it's very, very true. Also, let me tell you that I have been to some places that some of the main TV shows have been to, right? Mm-hmm. And I have talked to the owners. A perfect example is Ashmore State in Illinois. Yep. Okay. I knew the owner. Very well. I, got to, I met him. I went down there. I saw it on one of the, you know, shows. I'm not going to mention the shows uh, because I think they're a pain in the ass. Really, I do. But anyhow, um, um, I think those kind of shows give the real person who is investigating the paranormal. I think they give a bad name, you know. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? And but anyhow, so in the when, so when this show comes on. You see a cow that's tethered to whatever in the front yard and whatever. And then you see a guy with a tall, like Abraham Lincoln hat, and he's all dressed in black and all this crap, you know. And <laughs> then the person says, oh, look at that. That is so bizarre. That's so weird. Anyhow, I went and I know the owner. And the owner said, all that is. All that is. They got the cow from somebody. They got the costume for the owner. You know, they get yeah. paid doing. They get paid for doing this. You know, yeah. Yeah. and um, you know, and that you know, until so most people just understand, it's like when you watch these things on TV, it's like going to 
a theatrical production. You know. Yes, oh yeah, believe, yeah. It's yes, scripted. It's scripted one hundred percent. Yeah, it is. You know, because yeah. people will watch. They do. And um, but anyway, I got to know the people. Ashmore states. When I went there, by the grace of God, three months, no, two months earlier, uh, there was a tornado that came and lifted the roof off. And so I remember spirits, that. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Thank God that the spirits then were released. So, but other people have gone back there, and I'm not going to tell you their, their names either on the air. Uh, <laughs> they know who they are. And they lied through the whole thing. Granted, I sometimes won't pick up if something, if something, if someone else picks something up. That's very true, and I understand, right? But right, a, lot right. of these, a lot of these spirits, when the roof was removed from the tornado, that a lot of spirits then were able to, they, they were able to go to. Anyhow, so I tell people that a lot of these things on TV, they're theatric, and, but you know what? There's a lot of good groups out there that live, uh, that they live on a shoestring when it comes to, like, paranormal equipment. Mm-hmm. A lot of the groups out there, they don't have the money to buy yeah. all the REM pods and whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. Don't. And but they have the heart of a great investigator, you know? Right. The intent and the heart. That's correct. I, I constantly tell people, Robert, uh, Jen knows this too, that you start out with old school. If you stick with old school, you're still going to get great evidence. You can still right. be a great investigator and you can be a great communicator. I'm going to start using that term more, I think. Uh, you know, everybody's hearing that for the first time. So let's say investigator all the time to say communicator, because I think nine times out of 10, at least for me, Robert, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm there for the, the, the people on the other side and that they have a message. So I'm trying to do my job in order to communicate, to see, can I help? Uh, what do you need? What's the message? Or maybe they just don't want to be forgotten. Right. Right. And that's very, very true. You know, you know, Anywhere we go, anywhere that human beings go, and, and animals also, because we are animals, right. is that we're going to leave an impression. We are. That's just how we are. You know, we're made up of mostly water and energy, right? Yep. So that energy and water is going to be in, you know, if, you know, where we stayed, where we lived, where we grew up and stuff like that. There is going to be an imprint of us. It's just natural. It's normal. Okay. And so I try to explain that to people. Some people also, and my experience, my friends, is that a lot of people keep their earthbound loved ones who have died. They keep them on earth because of their grieving, severe grieving. Oh, yes. We can go into that because I have also helped many, many people. And and, And my friend, Michelle, in Michigan, she was holding her son earthbound because she missed him so much. Yeah, and and Michelle knows because I talk, I talk, I talk about Michelle all the time, and she is okayed and such like that, you know, from talking. And uh, but anyhow, she after after being with her and helping her, oh, I love your dog. I I love your animals, and um, and. Uh, <laughs> and so with Michelle and helping her through the grieving because her grieving had changed from grieving to mourning. And when somebody begins to mourn someone, that is really that that even tears them down even worse. They get into depression, anxiety, and those types of things. You know, right. 
I'm, I'm, I'm currently worried about a friend with that right now. And, and, uh, we lost uh, Jason about two months ago. Jen knows about this. Uh, he was known in the paranormal field, very close friend of mine, seen him the month before he passed. And it was kind of an un- unexpected thing. Um, right. yeah, she just every day, it's just, you know, and you see it and I understand grieving, but like you said, there reaches a point where it, there's a point of always remembering them, but, but being able to let go. And I think you know what I mean by that. I don't know, really know what the, the magic word would be, but I, I'm getting, I'm now getting kind of concerned because I had another friend who has done the same thing and she continues and then wonders why there's, you know, there's been activity, there's been strange things like, well, I just, I've asked her, I said, well, I'd like to counsel on that and just say, do you think maybe because you're unwilling to let go that she's still hanging around because of your friendship and you're just not, you're just not letting go. You know, right. she's worried about you and worried about how you're feeling. And so they're stuck here until. Yeah. Yeah. And, pe- and people must understand that, <laughs> I, you know, in you know, our culture that people think and believe that by letting them go, that we are forgetting them. Right. No, it's one of the greatest, it's one of the greatest that we can do for them. It's the greatest expression of love that we can give to our loved ones who are dead if we allow them to go where they need to go and need to be. That's the greatest gift that we can ever give them. I, I would agree with that. I, I, I seriously, not that I can prove it, you know, to anybody, but I, I, I really believe that, you know, spiritual emotion in me says that's the right thing to do. And I've never tried to, you know, remove or do that in myself, but we're getting close to the end. I was going to do two hours on this program, but I want to have you back for a part two. Um, okay. for sure. Um, on the show. Uh, and I hope I want Jen back. If I know Jen's kind of looking over her glasses there at me in the camera. Hi, Jen. Um, Hi. <laughs> she's been so quiet. She's been so quiet. No. And so I would and so I want to give my telephone number out. Absolutely. If, Absolutely. Okay, and if anyone needs assistance, <clears throat> you can go through Dan. Dan knows how to reach me. But my telephone number is 309-213-0325. 309-213-0325. Also, my, uh, my paranormal friends, remember that we are spiritual beings in a physical body. And our physical, the 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 physical part of us needs to be nurtured, okay. But we're in a physical body, and that body is weak. We know that, right? Okay. Our spirit, our spirits are strong, okay. But they also need to be taken care of too. So always remember that we are spiritual beings in a physical body, and our spirit lives on. It really does. It truly lives on. De- you know, the, you know. One of the things I'm going to have on my gravestone is, when I pass, is I have now begun the greatest journey of my life. Yeah, the undiscovered country, right? Yeah, and also yeah. that I, and also that I have been. I know that I'm an old soul. People will say that, and I've had past life regression. I worked with a psychiatrist from Jamaica, from the country of Jamaica. And she was wonderful. So she taught me to do that. And some cases we could talk about this later in another show or two or three. 
Um, well, about we're going to do about a half dozen, people. Robert, because I, oh, I got to not to interrupt you, but I, I I absolutely love your your story and your message, and it's it's touching me. It's speaking to me, and I I mean that sincerely. I hope you 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 get that. I see the smile on Jen's face. So, Jen, I know you want him back, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because we we got a lot for all of us to talk about and share, and I will hook up a better program to where we won't have to go through much fuss. But God, you're, you're I mean. Hi. Hey, Dad, that's my friend, Lynn. I'm in Nebraska. I'm Hi. in Nebraska at this very moment, and I'm staying with some friends. And that's another story why I'm here, because I spent the last six months in New Mexico and Arizona volunteering on the Indian Reservation, the Navajo and Hopi. And I got to meet some great Navajo sh- um, um, shamans. And oh, that's another. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Yatahe. Yatahe, yeah. my brothers. Amen. But anyhow, um, thank you so very much for having me on. And there's there's so much more. This is just tip of the iceberg. I would like to talk sometime about how uh, when I was at the University of Florida that I got to uh, interview Ted Bundy. Oh, Lord. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that. Definitely going to talk about that. And yeah. it's not that I know everything within the field because I learned something new about the field every day of my life. Ted, I Ted Bundy, in a nutshell, was a narcissistic personality yeah. disorder, something or other. And there was something around his. There was some. And I now it's been a while since I. So wasn't there something around his mom or something or? The woman who he thought was his mother was really his sister. And she, wasn't she like a? <laughs> wow. She do like bad things, or was a. No, there was was, what happened was that because when he found out the truth, he was dating. He was a lawyer. He was he was very charismatic. There was nothing strange or weird about him until he found out of how he was raised. And that got him to the point where he began to hate and and untrust women. That's what happened. He went off but, the deep end but to of take that. it to the level that he took it that that's yeah, a serious that's, that's, that's true. A serious no, who knows what break. who knows what triggers insanity I, I mean right. <laughs> you know the BTK and the BTK killer I must tell people also that I'm fascinated with the criminal and that's one of the reasons why I got into uh, the works that I did for the state of Florida I write to the BTK killer I write to the son of Sam. I write to Scott Peterson, who killed, who murdered his unborn child, Hunter and Lacey in California years ago. Crazy. I, I write to them because, because, you know, because it fascinates me of the human condition. It fascinates me how a lot of them still believe that they're still innocent. And that's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah. And yeah, I understand. And I understand why you do that because, you know, being a psychologist, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to break it open. You're trying to understand because a right. lot of us sit back like, like other people do just go, how does it get to that point, man? You know, um, even when I see local things go on, any kind of a murder, I'm just like, where does it reach a point where this type of thing has to happen, you know, especially killing your own children and whatnot. But Robert, oh. definitely. I, I want you back for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I will stay in touch with you personally because I want to, I want to talk with you off air too. And okay, yeah, I hopefully, fun. hopefully we become very, you know, good lifelong friends. Um, well, I know that, you know, I know that we met for a specific reason. Sure. I, I, I agree uh, with that. Yeah. You know, 
until right now, my spirit is say, saying, well, Robert, you're retired. You know, you can go to Michigan and go visit. <laughs> you know I'm I mean? here. I'm here. You know? I got I got a vintage <laughs> camper, Robert. I told, told Jen that too. She's got a camper of her own, but you, you're more than welcome to stay in the camper. Thank you. I appreciate that. So much. I come up there. I won't be dragging this baby up there. I'll be bringing a tent or staying in yours. I'm, and, and it's like, yeah. Okay. What? Well, <laughs> you, <did>, <laughs> you were all over the place. You didn't even finish your My sentence. brain, if you could have like, seen yes, my brain, then it if, went all the way around and back, I, and I didn't even I, talk about it. Right. I was waiting for you to go, yes. And then, okay. Like, what? What <laughs> <laughs> to do with anything? All right. I love uh, love all three of you. I do. I, I get a really, I get a great feeling off of uh, you, Robert. And Jen knows I love her to death. Um, literally. That's a little creepy to say it that way. I don't mean it that way. Um, but you've been listening to the SFP Paranormal Show. And Robert's going to be back with us, folks, uh, on part two, three, four, five. I may, like, I've tried to hijack a few people. They say, uh -huh. yeah, but then I never hear from them. But you're, oh. you're one of these people that I, I would like to get you involved in the network where it'd be great to have you come on and do segments with us. Or just when, when we okay. have another guest on, come on and co-host with us and have you throw out. It. That would be fine. I, you know, I would do that in a heartbeat. I oh, I'd love it. I love it. You got a great, great point of view and you got a definitely a, an insight that we don't have, you know, uh, for sure. But everybody, well, we this is, this experience. has been the, uh, oh, you do. Everybody's got their own story and mm. they're tired of hearing mine. I know they're oh, but, no, uh, you're very interesting. No. Oh, there's not more to it. There's more to the journey, but uh, I, right. I don't know if I'm going to put it in book form or not yet, folks. I'm, I'm still trying to trying to toy with that. But uh, it's been the SMP Paranormal Show right here on Unrestricted Radio. And you're listening to us, of course, it's Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and we're glad that you're here. There's plenty more programming coming your way with I Want to Believe, Truth of the Matter, all sorts of shows you're going to hear here on, on Unrestricted Paranormal, on unrestrictedradio.com. Please do yourself a favor. Again, un, you know, download the app, tell your friends, get your friends involved. Um, or you can come over to our network as well. Another place that you can hear even old time thrillers. Remember the shadow, anybody, the shadow, oh, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. thrillers by Vincent price, all sorts of great things that I play on there under fear of the mind radio, uh, go to the Michigan podcast.com. Okay. It's the network and you'll find the paranormal now network. Uh, you can find paranormal shows and a player and pages uh, galore of a lot of the people that we support out here, uh, just like Robert doing their thing. Uh, we've got a couple of podcast uh, friends of ours with pages. We have a memorial page to my friend Jason Sullivan with uh, uh, Paranormal 101. Please go over and check that out and watch his videos. Jason had a lot of great insight about paranormal uh, from one end of the spectrum to the other. And it's always interesting to still, uh, see that that it still exists. You know, he may have been, have passed on, but, uh, that's there. So I want to thank each and every one of you uh, always for listening to us. We've been getting good feedback. Um, and people like Robert finding us out here. Uh, we are open to have anyone on the program. As you see, we don't, we don't look to ambush anybody or throw at them to, you know, expose anything. We're here to let people share their story and we're here to give them support and we're here to give them a platform. And that's what SMP Paranormal Show is about. Robert, love you. God bless you. Uh, Jen, same for you. Be safe uh, where love both you of you well. folks are. And um, I will talk so to you. Oh, thank you. 
and thanks for your patience. But I will be in touch very soon. And we are out. Everybody keep your eyes to the sky and happy haunting. God bless. Bye, y'all.